Section seventy six of London Labour and the London Poor by Henry Mayhew, Volume One. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Peter Yearsley. The Street Folk, Part seventy six, of the street sellers of French polish. The greater part of the French polish vended in the streets is bought at oil and varnish shops in Bethnal Green and Whitechapel. The wholesale price being one shilling a pint the street vendors add turpentine to the polish put it into small bottles and retail it at one penny a bottle they thus contrive to clear fivepence on each shilling they take there are now five and sometimes six men selling french polish in the streets and public houses but the trade's getting stale i was told there was twice as many in it three or four years back and there'll be fewer still next year when french polish first became famous there were i was informed several cabinet-makers who hawked it some having prepared it themselves and they would occasionally clear five shillings in a day of these street traders there are now none the present vendors having been in no way connected with the manufacture of furniture these men generally carry with them pieces of fancy wood such as rose or sandalwood which they polish up in the streets to show the excellence of the varnish the chief purchasers are working people and small tradespeople who require trifling quantities of such a composition when they repolish any small article of furniture the french polish sellers i am assured by a man familiar with the business take two shillings a day each or rather in an evening for the sales are then the most frequent the two shillings leaves a profit of tenpence the street expenditure is therefore reckoning five regular sellers one hundred and fifty six pounds yearly none of the french polish sellers confine themselves entirely to the sale of it of the street sellers of grease removing compositions the persons engaged in this trade carry it on with a regular patter one man's street announcement is in the following words here you have your composition to remove stains from silks muslins bombazines cords or tabrets of any kind or colour it will never injure nor fade the finest silk or satin but restore it to its original colour for grease on silks and so on only rub the composition on dry let it remain five minutes then take a clothes brush and brush it off and it will be found to have removed the stains for grease in woollen cloths spread the composition on the place with a piece of woollen cloth and cold water when dry rub it off and it will remove the grease or stain for pitch or tar use hot water instead of cold as that prevents the nap coming off the cloth here it is squares of grease removing composition never known to fail only one penny each this street traffic i was informed was far more extensively carried on when silks and woollen cloths and textile manufactures generally were more costly and more durable than at present and when to dye and scour and turn a garment was accounted good housewifeship the sellers then told wonders of their making old silk gowns or old coats as good as new by removing every discoloration no matter from what cause now a silk dress is rarely if ever subjected to the experiment of being renovated by the virtues of grease-removing compositions sold in the streets the trade at present is almost confined to the removing of the grease from coat collars or of stains from contact with paint and so on with which boys principally have damaged their garments 
the grease remover generally carries his wares on a tray slung in front of him and often illustrates the efficacy of his composition by showing its application to the very greasy collar of a boy's old jacket which is removed with admirable facility the man patters as he carries on this work you would have thought now that jacket was done for and only fit for the rag-bag or to go to make up a lot for a jew but with my composition only a penny a cake it has acquired a new nap and a new gloss and you've escaped a tailor's bill for a while for a penny you can use your own eyes you've seen me do it and here's the very same stuff as i've proved to you is so useful and was never known to fail no mother or wife or mistress or maid that wishes to be careful and not waste money should be without it in the house it removes stains from silks and so on and so on notwithstanding these many recommendations the street trade in grease removing cakes is a very poor one it cannot be carried on in bad weather for an audience cannot then be collected and to clear one shilling and sixpence in a day is accounted fair work no grease remover confines his trade to that commodity one of the best known sells also plate balls and occasionally works conundrums and comic exhibitions the two brothers who were formerly grecians at the blue coat school are also in this line there are now seven men who sell grease removing compositions which they prepare themselves the usual ingredients are pipe clay two pennyworth of which is beat up and worked with two colours generally red lead and stone blue this gives the composition a streaky look and takes away the appearance of pipe clay the purchasers of this article are i am told women and servants but the trade is one which is declining one of the best localities for sale is ratcliffe highway and the purchasers there are sailors one man told me that he once made a pound's worth for a sailor who took it to sea with him the street seller did not know for what purpose but he conjectured that it was as a matter of speculation to a foreign country calculating that the seven grease removers carry on the sale of the article three days each week and clear one shilling and sixpence per day we find seventy-eight guineas yearly expended in the streets for the removal of grease nearly the whole is profit plating balls are generally sold by the grease removers but sometimes they are proffered for sale alone there are four men whose principal dependence is on the sale of plating balls one announces his wares as making plate as good as silver and all inferior metals equal to the best plated no tarnish can stand against my plate balls he goes on and if in this respectable company there should chance to be any lady or gentleman that has no plate then let him make an old brass candlestick shine like gold or his tin candlestick extinguisher and all shine like silver here are the balls that can do it and only for a penny you have only to rub the ball on your wash leather or dry woolen cloth and rub it on what has to be restored for a penny these balls which are prepared by the street sellers are usually made of a halfpennyworth of whitening a farthing's worth of red lead and an ounce of quicksilver costing sevenpence a gross of balls costs sevenpence three farthings as regards the materials the receipts of the plating ball sellers are the same as those of the grease removers but with a somewhat smaller profit of the street sellers of corn salve the street purveyors of corn salve or corn plaster for i heard both words used are not more than a dozen in number but perhaps none depend entirely upon the sale of corn salve for a living as is the wont of the pattering class to which they belong 
these men make rounds into the country and into the suburbs but there are sometimes on one day a dozen working the main drags chief thoroughfares of london there are no women in the trade the salve is most frequently carried on a small tray slung in front of the street professional but sometimes it is sold at a small stall or stand oxford street holborn tottenham court road and whitechapel are favourite localities for these traders as are blackfriars road and newington causeway on the surrey side of the thames on the saturday evening the corn salve sellers resort to the street markets the patter of these traders is always to the same purport however differently expressed the long-tested efficacy and the unquestionable cheapness of their remedies the vendors are glib and unhesitating but some owing i imagine to a repetition of the same words as they move from one part of a thoroughfare to another or occupy a pitch have acquired a monotonous tone little calculated to impress a street audience to effect which a man must be or appear to be in earnest the patter of one of these dealers who sells corn salve on fine evenings and works the public houses with anything likely on wet evenings is from his own account in the following words here you have a speedy remedy for every sort of corn your hard corn soft corn blood corn black corn old corn new corn wart or bunion can be safely cured in three days nothing further to do but spread this salve on a piece of glove leather or wash leather and apply it to the place art and nature does the rest either corns warts or bunions cured for one penny this however is but as the announcement of the article on sale and is followed by a recapitulation of the many virtues of that particular recipe but as regards the major part of these street traders the recapitulation is little more than a change of words if that there are however one and sometimes two patterers of acknowledged powers who every now and then sell corn salve for the restlessness of this class of people drives them to incessant changes in their pursuits and their oratory is of a higher order one of the men in question speaks to the following purport here you are here you are all that has to complain of corns as fast as the shoemaker lames you i'll cure you if it wasn't for me he dursn't sing at his work bless you but he knows i'll make his pinching easy to you hard corn soft corn any corn sold again thank you sir you'll not have to take a bus home when you've used my corn salve and you can wear your boots out then you can't when you've corns now in this little box you see a large corn which was drawn by this very salve from the honourable foot of the late lamented sir robert peel it's been in my possession three years and four months and though i'm a poor man hard corn soft corn or any corn though i'm a poor man the more's the pity i wouldn't sell that corn for the newest sovereign coined i call it the free trade corn gentlemen and ladies no cutting and paring and sharpening penknives and venturing on razors to level your corns this salve draws them out only one penny and without pain but wonders can't be done in a moment to draw out such a corn as i've shown you the foot the whole foot must be soaked five minutes in warm soap and water that makes the salve penetrate and draw the corn which then falls out in three days like a seed from a flower hard corn soft corn and so on and so on the corn from 
the honourable foot of sir robert peel or from the foot of any one likely to interest the audience has been scraped and trimmed from a cow's heel and may safely be submitted to the inspection and handling of the incredulous there it is the corn seller will reiterate it speaks for itself one practice less common than it was however of the corn salve street seller is to get a friend to post a letter expressive of delighted astonishment at the excellence and rapidity of the corn cure at some post office not very contiguous if the salve seller be anxious to remove the corns of the citizens he displays this letter with the genuine postmark of piccadilly st james's street pall mall or any such quarter to show how the fashionable world avails itself of his wares cheap as they are and fastidious as are the fashionable if the street professional be offering his corn cures in a fashionable locality he produces a letter from cheapside or cornhill there it is speaks for itself to show how the shrewd city people who were never taken in by street sellers in their lives and couldn't be appreciated that particular corn salve occasionally as the salve seller is pattering a man comes impetuously forward and says loudly here doctor let me have a shilling's worth i bought a penneth and it cured one corn by bringing it right out here the d blank d thing is it troubled me seven year and i've got other corns and i'm determined i'll root out the whole family of them come now look sharp and put up a shilling's worth the shilling's worth is gravely handed to the applicant as if it were not only a bona fide but an ordinary occurrence in the way of business one corn salve seller who was not in town at the time of my inquiry into this curious matter had i was assured and others might have full faith in the efficacy of the salve he vended one of his fellow traders said to me i sir and he has good reason for trusting to it for a cure he cured me of my corns that i'm sure of so there can be no nonsense about it he has a secret on my asking this informant if he had tried his own corn salve he laughed and said no i'm like the regular doctors that way never tries my own things the same man who had no great faith in what he sold being of any use in the cure of corn wart or bunion assured me and i have no doubt with truth that he had sold his remedy to persons utter strangers to him who had told him afterwards that it had cured their corns false relics says a spanish proverb have wrought true miracles and to what cause these corn cures were attributable it is not my business to inquire i had no difficulty in acquiring a knowledge of the ingredients of a street corn salve anybody said one man that understands how to set about it can get the recipe for tuppence resin one pound costing tuppence tallow a quarter of a pound a penny halfpenny emerald green one penny all boiled together the emerald green i was told was to give it a colour the colour is varied but i have cited the most usual mode of preparation attempts have been made to give an aromatic odour to the salve but all the perfumes within the knowledge or rather the means of the street sellers were overpowered by the resin and the tallow and it has remarked one dealer a physicky sort of smell as it is which answers the quantity i have cited would supply a sufficiency of the composition for the taking of a sovereign in penneths
in a week or so the stuff becomes discoloured often from dust and has to be reboiled some of the traders illustrate the mode of applying the salve by carrying a lighted candle and a few pieces of leather and showing how to soften the composition and spread it on the leather after all sir said the man who had faith in the virtues of his fellow street trader's salve the regular thing such as i sell may do good i cannot say but it is very likely that the resin will draw the corn just as people apply cobbler's wax which has resin in it the chemists will sell you something of the same sort as i do the principal purchasers are working men who buy in the streets and occasionally in the public houses the trade however becomes less and less remunerative to take fifteen shillings in a week is a good week and to take ten shillings is more usual the higher receipt is no doubt attributable to a superior patter being used as men will give a penny to be amused by this street work without caring about the nostrum calculating that eight of these traders take ten shillings weekly so allowing for the frequent resort of the patterers to anything more attractive we find two hundred and eight pounds expended in the streets on this salve the profits of the seller are about the same as his receipts for two hundred and forty penneths can be made out of materials costing only fourpence halfpenny the further outlay necessary to this street profession is a tray worth one shilling or one shilling and sixpence but a large old backgammon board which may be bought at the second-hand shops for one shilling and sometimes for sixpence is more frequently used by the street purveyors of corn salve of the street sellers of glass and china cement and of razor paste the sale of glass and china cement is an old trade in the streets but one which becomes less and less followed before the finer articles of crockery ware became cheap as they are now it was of importance to mend if possible a broken dish of better quality and of more importance to mend a china punch-bowl dishes however are now much cheaper and china punch-bowls are no longer an indispensable part of even tavern festivity the sellers of this cement proclaim it as one which will cure any china or stone or earthenware and make the broken parts adhere so firmly that if you let it fall again it will break not at the part where it has been cemented but at some other only a halfpenny or a penny a stick these traders sometimes illustrate the adhesive strength of the composition by producing a plate or dish which has been cemented in different places and letting it fall to break in some hitherto sound part this they usually succeed in doing for the cementing of glass the street article is now perhaps never sold and was but scantily sold i am informed at any time as the junction was always unsightly there are now four men who sell this cement in the streets one usually to be found in wilderness row goswell street being perhaps the one who carries on the trade most regularly they all make their own cement one of the receipts being one pound shellac fivepence a quarter pound brimstone a halfpenny blended together until it forms a thick sort of glue this quantity makes half a crown's worth of the cement for the purposes of retail the sellers do not confine themselves to one locality but are usually to be found in one or other of the street markets on a saturday night if each seller takes five shillings weekly of which four shillings may be profit we find fifty-two pounds expended yearly by street customers in this cement 
i include razor paste under this head as sometimes and at one time more frequently than now the same individual sold both articles though not at the same time there are twelve street sellers of razor paste but they seem to prefer working the distant suburbs or going on country rounds as there are often only three in london it is still vended i am told to clerks who use it to sharpen their penknives but the paste owing to the prevalence of the use of steel pens is now almost a superfluity compared to what it was it is bought also and frequently enough in public houses by working men as a means of setting their razors the vendors make the paste themselves except two who purchase of a street seller the ingredients are generally fuller's earth one penny hog's lard one penny and emery powder twopence the paste is sold in boxes carried on a tray which will close and form a sort of case like a backgammon board the quantity i have given will make a dozen boxes each sold at one penny so that the profit is sevenpence in the shilling for to the fourpence paid for ingredients must be added one penny for the cost of a dozen boxes the paste is announced as warranted to put an edge to a razor or penknife superior to anything ever before offered to the public the street sellers offer to prove this by sharpening any gentleman's penknife on the paste spread on a piece of soldier's old belt which sharpening when required they accomplish readily enough one of these paste sellers i was told had been apprenticed to a barber another had been a cutler the remainder are of the ordinary class of street sellers calculating that six men work the metropolis daily taking two shillings each per day with one shilling and twopence profit we find a hundred and eighty-seven pounds the amount of the street outlay of the street sellers of crackers and detonating balls this trade i am informed by persons familiar with it would be much more frequently carried on by street folk and in much greater numbers were it not the one which of all street callings finds the least toleration from the police you must keep your eyes on both corners of the street said one man when you sell crackers and what good is it the police stopping us the boys have only to go to a shop and then it's all right the trade is only known in the streets at holiday seasons and is principally carried on for a few days before and after the fifth of november and again at christmas tide last november was good for crackers said one man it was either guy fawkes day or the day before i'm not sure which now that i took fifteen shillings and nearly all of boys for waterloo crackers and ball crackers note the common trade names end note waterloo being the pulling crackers at least three parts was ball crackers i sold them from a barrow wheeling it about as if it was hearthstone and just saying quietly when i could six a penny crackers the boys soon tell one another all sorts bought of me doctors boys schoolboys pages boys as was dressed beautiful and boys as hadn't neither shoes nor stockings it's sport for them all the same man told me he did well at what he called last porum fair clearing thirteen shillings and sixpence in three days or rather evenings or nights porum fair sir he said is a sort of feast among the jews always three weeks i've heard afore their passover and i then work whitechapel and all that way i inquired of a man who had carried on this street trade for a good many years it might be ten or twelve 
if he had noticed the uses to which his boy customers put his not very innocent wares and he entered readily into the subject why sir he said they're not all boy customers as you call them but they're far the most i've sold to men and often to drunken men what larks there is with the ball-crackers one man lost his eye at stepney fair but that's six or seven years ago from a lark with crackers the rights of it i never exactly understood but i know he lost his eye from the dry gravel in the ball-cracker bouncing into it but it's the boys as is fondest of crackers i sold em all last christmas and made my five shillings and better on boxing day i was sold out before six o'clock as i had a regular run at last just altogether after that i saw one lad go quietly behind a poor lame old woman and pull a waterloo close behind her ear he was a biggish boy and tidily dressed and the old body screamed i'm shot she turned about and the boy says says he does your grandmother know you're out it's an improper thing so it is for you to be walking out by yourself you should have seen her passion but as she was screaming out you saucy wagabone you boys is all wagabones people can't pass for you i'll give you in charge i will the lad was off like a shot but one of the primest larks i ever saw that way was last winter in a street by shoreditch an old snob that had a bulk was making it all right for the night and a lad goes up i don't know what he said to the old boy but i saw him poke something a last i think it was against the candle put it out and then run off in a minute three or four lads that was ready let fly at the bulk with their ball crackers and there was a clatter as if the old snob had tumbled down and knocked his lasts down but he soon had his head out he was irish i think and he first set up a roar like a smithfield bull and he shouts i'm killed entirely with the murdering pistols police police he seemed taken quite by surprise for they was capital crackers i think he couldn't have been used to bulks or he would have been used to pelting but how he did bellow surely i think it was that same night too i saw a large old man buttoned up but seeming as if he was fine dressed for a party in a terrible way in the commercial road i lived near there then there was three boys afore me and very well they did it one of them throws a ball cracker bang at the old gent's feet just behind him and makes him jump stunning and the boy walks on with his hands in his pocket as if he'd knowed nothing about it just after that another boy does the same and then the t'other boy and the old gent lord how he swore it was shocking in such a respectable man as i told him when he said i'd crack at him me cracker you says i it'd look better if you'd have offered to treat a poor fellow to a pint of beer with ginger in it and the chill off than talk such nonsense as we was having this jaw one of the boys comes back and lets fly again and the old gent saw how it was and he says now if you run after that lad and give him a d blank d good hiding you shall have the beer money down sir says i if you mean honour bright but he grumbled something and walked away i saw him soon after talking to a bobby so i made a short cut home at the fairs near london there is a considerable sale of these combustibles and they are often displayed on large stalls in the fair they furnish the means of practical jokes to the people on their return after last wits and greenwich fair said a street seller to me i saw a gent in a white choker like a parson looking at a pastry-cook's shop as is just by the elephant note and castle and note awaiting for a bus i suppose there was an old woman with a red face standing near him 
and I saw a lad very quick pin something to one's coat and the t'other's gown. They turned just after, and bang go the Waterloo, and they look savage one at another, and up comes that identical boy, and he says to the red-faced woman, appointing to the white choker, "'Ma'am, I seed him a-twiddling with your gown. He done it for a lark after the fair, and ought to stand something.' So the parson, if he were a parson, walked away. There are eight makers, I am told, who supply the street-sellers and the small shops with these crackers. The wholesale price is fourpence to sixpence a gross, the cracker balls being the dearest. The retail price in the streets is from six to twelve a penny, according to the appearance and eagerness of the purchaser. Some street traders carry these commodities on trays, and very few are stationary, except at fairs. I am assured that for a few days last November, from fifty to sixty men and women were selling crackers in the streets, of course on the sly. In so irregular and surreptitious a trade it is not possible even to approximate to statistics. The most intelligent man that I met with, acquainted, as he called it, with all the ins and outs of the trade, calculated that in November and Christmas one hundred pounds at least was expended in the streets in these combustibles, and another hundred pounds in the other parts of the year. About Tower Hill, Ratcliffe Highway, and in Wapping and Shadwell, the sale of crackers is the best. The sellers are the ordinary street sellers, and no patter is required. End of section 76